Okay, so uh, there's two questions we're going to kind of answer today in an effort to collaboratively discuss and us get to know y'all, y'all get to know us, that kind of thing. So the first thing they wanted us to do is share our story, okay? And then secondly, the second question was, is, you know, why we're at Otter Creek, how we came to Otter Creek and that kind of thing. So it's kind of a, a two-prong, we're just sharing information and then we hope that, you know, we out of that build some discussion, feel free to add in your story, that kind of thing, okay? So y'all want me to start since I'm standing here? Yeah, why don't we talk about why we came here first. Why we came here? Yeah. Oh, my wife took a job here. <laughs> and we just stayed because it's convenient. I mean, you know. <laughs> my wife was the children's minister here from 02 till 2019, something like that. Melanie, some of y'all know Melanie. She's much smarter than I am and much more engaged in life and that kind of thing in your children's lives. Me, I just kind of stand around and stand behind her and try to support her. Um, but we have stayed, I mean, even after she uh, left children's ministry and bought a bridesmaid's dress store. We, we've stayed here. We, um, uh, there, there's a lot we like about Otter Creek. I mean, as I look back at the six churches I've been involved with in my life, guess what? All of them have great things, and all of them have things that you just go, what? You know, right? <laughs> Except for one, Southern Hills, when I was a junior and senior at, in Abilene, at, uh, under the guidance of Rick Ashley, I, I was too dumb to know if there were any issues there. But the other five churches I've been to, I knew the good <laughs> and the bad. So, and that's kind of the way it goes. I mean, everywhere you go, there's, because guess what? We're all flawed humans, right? And there are things that we're going to do that are great and things that we're going to do that you're going to think, what are those guys thinking? Well, some of us in the room might be thinking, what are we thinking, right? You know, and it's okay. So that's how we got to Otter Creek. And we, are, uh, we believe God, God called us here through Melanie's ministry and he's called us to stay. Um, so that's where we are. So does anybody have any questions right now that are on your minds? I'm just curious, just a little... Are you just here because you have to be or want to be? Little feedback? Questions? You were told to come here, so we did. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that. That's honest. She said she was told to be here, so she did. Okay, good. Yes. That's what this church is all about. That's right. Okay. This is my last time to be in the 30s, so I wanted to just mm. show <laughs> <laughs> Okay. I would be young again, right? So. Are there designated classes for the age groups, or uh, I've never been here before, so. Is oh, it, really? Uh, well, okay, so a little history on this. Um, during the last few years, we've taken January to have the elders kind of teach the same material or talk about the same topics to the entire church, so it's kind of a similar message. So we've divided up different ways. Um, we have life groups, I think we did that once, but we, we do it demographically. And so there's kind of a prepared script that we, what we wanted, we all got together and said, here's what we want to say, and then give everybody the script, but do it in different settings. So this is, this is uh, just a January thing to do it demographically. And then we have topical classes typically the rest of the year. So this is kind of our kickoff message, if you will, for January. 
So welcome, anyway. Uh, who else? Who has kids in here? Yeah, okay. So uh, that kind of leads into mine, then I'll turn it over to Carrie or C. So I've been here, okay, I have to think about this. When did you come? What? 2002. So 20 years, 23 years, 21 years. Um, we came in 1980. How many of you were born after that? Everybody, I guess. <laughs> I was born before. Okay. So there's only two people in here that have been here longer than me, and that would be those two people. Mm -hmm. When did you come? 49 years ago. 49 years ago. They made a TV show out of it called So uh, our quick story is when we were, uh, my wife is Sharon, I have three children, ten grandchildren, but at, in 1980, uh, we were, okay, I was a broke graduate student going and getting a, math, a master's in math at Vanderbilt, living in the hospitality house, you don't know all this, do you, at uh, Natchez Trace Church of Christ over at the corner of uh, Natchez Trace and Whitemore, <coughs> right? You know where that church is? So they still have a, there's a church right there on the corner, and there's this old, old house there. Come on in. You're welcome. Um, that is called a hospitality house, but you know, you have long-term uh, patients and families of patients at Vanderbilt getting treatment and so we would we would offer that as a place for the, the families to stay as part of the deal if we kind of manage that house we got to live there so part of that story is that the reason we leave is this giant we left is a giant rat came up on our porch when the kids were little ones <laughs> okay maybe we should make constant <laughs> but the, um, but the uh, church was So uh, the church was right next door to the hospitality house, right? So we had two young kids. They were both sick all the time. And so we missed church on a Sunday night. I mean, you guys don't even know what Sunday night church is. But we grew up going on Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. And so I was kind of, I'm not a staff member, but I was, you know, helping out there. And we're next door, and I'm supposed to go to church. You know, it was a good show of faith. And our kids are deathly ill, or whatever. It's like I didn't go. It's like they got kind of mad at me. It's like, well, I'm, I'm not going to go to a church that has rules like that. So we started looking around, um, but we just fell in love about a creep. It's like when we weren't here, people said, not where were you, but are you okay? So it's like, yeah, I feel like I like that better. So that's kind of how we came here. Um, that and Buddy Arnold, who you guys don't know, 
I don't know. I, I just know <laughs> he was. He used to have Wednesday night uh, request singing. We used to sing out songbooks, you know, four part harmony, and he was standing up there and take requests. So a lot of good memories here at the Old Water Creek. So uh, kind of in summary, it was a place that understood grace. And I don't know if your Church of Christ backgrounds or not, but some of us came from different places. Church of Christ, but a lot more rigid than here. So um, it was a place that embraced us and loved us. And uh, with when we were at that point in our lives, it's like you're just barely holding on. So that's a quick story. Um, Carrie? Go ahead. Well, I'm. He has notes. He's he's a professor. I'm a former professor. (laughs) 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 Uh, Well, I want I want to tell you about my background before the Churches of Christ. Uh, I grew up in Waverly, Tennessee, and my my. my parents were members of the local Cumberland Presbyterian Church. And uh, that, that whole path for me uh, took a significant turn when I uh, met my wife Carolyn, who was from Waverly also, and fell in love with her. And um, my parents would say, you're going to marry a Campbellite? But but I think think the the theological uh, aspects of what I left behind with uh, uh, Cumberland Presbyterian Church and uh, what it, what it, what I did gain from that time together, but how it how it significantly impacted mine and Carolyn's coming together and, and getting married because I didn't have a church back, Church of Christ background at all. And, and everybody that I talked to about my background uh, didn't, ha- didn't place any value on that church life that I'd had before. And uh, I ran in, when I went to, Carolyn and I were, got married and we were three years apart in school and we both were at the University of Tennessee. And uh, I, uh, while, when, when, when I started, when Carolyn came to Knoxville, we started going to the Laurel Church of Christ there. And uh, the, some of the some of the people there started reaching out to me, and they weren't. Here, you're going to hell. You need to join us. Wasn't any of that going on, but there was a, but there was a significant development to try to bring unity between Carolyn and me in our in our uh, walk of faith and in the rest of our rest of our lives. So there was this uh, there was this uh, campus minister at Laurel named Al Beal. And he kind of took me under his wing, and uh, and he he just did a wonderful job of helping me 
under, he, he, didn't, he didn't come to me and uh, burn down the, the, the experience that I'd, already, <coughs> that I'd already had. He just said, let's figure out a way where we can transition and, and you and Carolyn can enjoy a, can enjoy a, a life together. And uh, God worked in what he, he told me and what he said to me, because I'd had this, you know, I'd grown up in a small town in Middle Tennessee and there was a Church of Christ and, and uh, everybody else in that town was going to hell and, you know, all this stuff, you know, that, uh, I mean, it, it, it was surprising to a lot of people that Carolyn and I were going to get married. But, uh, but uh, this, uh, this uh, campus minister, Al Beal, just took me under his wing, and uh, he, uh, he just helped me understand how I could make the transition, and Carolyn and I could spend the rest of our lives in, in the churches of Christ. Uh, and he didn't, he didn't just tear down everything behind me. He would take the things that I, that I had done and talk about how how they had brought me to the place that I am. And, and a lot of those things were, uh, a lot of those things were pretty easy to get by because I was a Cumberland Presbyterian. And the minute I say the word Presbyterian, people think of predestination and all that sort of stuff. But the Cumberland Presbyterian Church was a spinoff from the Presbyterian Church that left all that stuff behind and, and had a whosoever will kind of kind of foundation to their to their to their being. And and uh, Al Al just uh, accepted all that and he and he he very, very gently said, Well, if you make this transition, Carrie, you weren't you weren't immersed in the churches in the church in the Presbyterian church that you came from because it was all sprinkling. So uh, the campus, the pulpit minister there, baptized me. That was about fifty-two years ago. For all of you, there's <laughs> and and uh, from from that point on. Carolyn and I had a wonderfully unified marriage, and our and our Christian walk was was in step with each other during 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 that whole uh, whole time. And uh, and I learned because I grew up I grew up with this uh, yeah stay away from those Campbellites they don't even. They don't even think Jesus is that important to them and all that. You know, I just, all that stuff got left behind because I had seen what the beauty of the Church of Christ really was and uh, got, to, uh, got to experience it. And, and I actually, you can think of the transformation because I came into, I came into graduate school. Carolyn and I had gotten married. I'd been a, I'd been a uh, Cumberland Presbyterian all my life, all my life up to that point. And uh, when I got, I got within about a year and a half of, of uh, getting my PhD, uh, Al Beal 
asked me if uh, if I would. Uh, he he talked to me about where I was and everything, and he said, "Well, would you would you uh, would baptism be something that you couldn't do?" And of course, I said, "No, it wouldn't be something I." couldn't do and I went ahead and did that but then there was also at that time there was a Christian student center on campus at UT and they were looking for a couple to live there and so they asked us if we would ask Carolyn and me if we would live there for the year and a half that I had left in graduate school and so we lived there in that Cumberland Presbyterian ex-Cumberland Presbyterian became a uh, associate campus minister at, uh, at uh, the Christian Student Center at, at uh, Knoxville. And then, you know, that's how, that's how I got into the Church of Christ and, and everything since then. When we came to Nashville, we, we'd, been in, we'd been in several churches. I'd been an elder in some other churches when we came when we came here, uh, we had had such a deep, deep uh, set of events that occurred in life groups before we came here. So when we started looking around, there are all kinds of great churches of Christ here, but Otter Creek had life groups going at that time, and so we uh, we moved right into that, and uh, we've been leading a life group for many years now, and so that's very important. You know, one of the questions we had was, uh, why did you choose to follow Jesus? I I, I kind of look back at that and say, given given my parents and what they believed, although they were Cumberland Presbyterians, just gave me a foundation that uh, helped me to be ready when, when I started, when Carolyn and I got together and when we had to make some decisions about, I, we knew that Jesus was gonna be right in the middle of what we did, no matter what. And so, uh, so I've been a shepherd here at Otter Creek for years. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, I, uh, it's a great place to be, uh, from my perspective, to be a, to be a leader, because you get to you get to rejoice early in the things that are successful, and you get called upon to help sort through the things that aren't successful, and that's and that's that's a good thing. So that's why I'm here. That's where I've been. So. Thanks, Carrie. I didn't know I was going to have to say anything. <laughs> His wife is a preacher, by the way, so maybe she should speak. Yeah, she should be speaking. <laughs> uh, you're absolutely right. The only reason I'm an elder here, now, not one of is because of my wife. When they were looking for people, her character kind of rubbed off on me. You know how that goes? I'd like to say that I have a wonderful conversion story. Yeah deep spiritual journey but that wouldn't be true uh, I grew up in the Church of Christ and 
I was not a member of uh, a, a permanent congregation because my dad felt called to preach. Now, he was not a preacher. <laughs> so every Sunday, we would load up the car for four boys and my long-suffering mother, <laughs> and we would journey out to little places, Murfreesboro, Ashland City, and we would preach, he would preach. I like to say my, I, I learned a lot of inspiration from my dad and everything, but the truth was my dad was a terrible preacher. <laughs> but he felt called to do that. And so, you know, that's how I got it. It wasn't a member of a permanent congregation. Kind of nominally was. I went to a place over in Green Hills that uh, my parents went to for for an interim basis, and that's that's kind of where I went to church. And so I would like to say that I had a great vision about the way things were going to go, but that wasn't the case. I went out to, to Oklahoma Christian. As David went there one semester, and, I, and as, as the Lord guided us, I ran across my lovely wife, Janine, who is completely immersed in the Church of Christ. Because her dad and her grandfather before her were preachers. That, that was their life. All, that was deeply, deeply. That's why I didn't learn a lot of theology. I didn't learn a lot of stuff. I just was there because that's where my parents were. And so, a long story short, when I met Janine, and so we came back to this little church over in Green Hills the first Sunday, and we told ourselves we're going to visit a lot of different churches and see which ones we like. And lo and behold, we sit down in the audience. What happened? Well, the minister got up and announced that we were back from Oklahoma Christians and we were placing our membership. <laughs> <laughs> we had been at that little church for a, a summer while we lived here. So we were kind of kidnapped. <laughs> and that's true. And so that's where we were for several years, and, and we got immersed, you know, enthusiastic, and worked with the youth people, the whole busing ministry and everything. But I wasn't involved in church politics at all. And come to find out that this was an anti-church. Anybody know what an anti-church is? Well, you know, uh, no orphans' homes, Yada yada yada. Well, anyway, we make a long story short. We had started busing in young people, and of course, in those days, you remember Josh talking about busing people in, and, and so we bust some people in, and they were all of uh, African heritage, and one, and, and, and they had a they had a meeting. The elders had a meeting, and they said, "This is our church." We bought and paid for this church, <laughs> and we're not going to have that. And so the lighting was on the wall very quickly. This is, this is it for us. So we went and said, well, we're going to visit around a little more. And we came to Otter Creek, because Otter Creek, when I was growing up, had a 
reputation that was a little bit quirky. <laughs> we still have that. <laughs> but they felt outside the box. Grace was taught. And I wasn't used to this. So we went, came here and went to Brentwood Hills and we saw they needed help desperately. This is in there. What, what year was this, Janae? Oh, goodness. Um, 73. 73. 49 years ago. And so they needed help, and I was enthusiastic. So we decided to, to come. And also we had a, a, a young son that we had no clue about how to raise an active, hyperactive young boy. And we came here, and, and all the great people, the Gauls, Armstrongs and all these people. Yeah. I look at them, they were ancient. That's what, that's the ancient. <laughs> and they, they said, you know what? We see that you're struggling. We've gone through this, we, we have gone through the same things with our family and we can stop and we can help you. And they were lifeline to us. Mm -hmm. The wisdom that Janine and I learned from all these people that went before us. And we've been here ever since. Now, that's not to say that there haven't been, and, and, and for the listen for the first twenty years of our existence here, we weren't involved in the politics or, or, or the quirkiness of autocracy. We were just here. We were doing the best we possibly can to raise our children in a godly way, and we got the help that we needed. The politics and all of those things didn't matter to us, but for what we needed that point in time we got and uh, so we've been here ever since now that's not to mean to say that we agree with everything that's been done here as Jay would allude to if you stay here if you stay long enough at one place you learn there's good then there's bad but the good and the grace message that was taught to us <coughs> I can't tell you how valuable in Bible, that is, it's just, just overwhelming to us. And Janine, what, what would you like to add to that story? Well, you've done an outstanding job, um, but she's a good liar too. <laughs> <laughs> wow! You know, the, the congregation was much smaller, mm -hmm. and we experienced a lot more of the generational um, yeah. integration um, and the connectedness, which was kind of the topic for this morning, some whole worship time, but um, literally these brothers and sisters have stood by us through extremely difficult times when we could not have stood it by ourselves. And um, we will forever be grateful to the individual people who loved us uh, through the good times and through the hard times. Yeah. We've lost a little bit. It has to be intentional. We need to be multi-generational. You know, we need to be in your home. You need to be in our home. We need to see each other. Maybe, maybe, maybe we don't get in each other, but we need to see each other <coughs> and learn from each other. 
listen, don't be segregated. This is the 30, that it needs to be all the way from 90 years old, all the way down to uh, the youngest. We all need to be together because that's how we learn. You know, when you think you're going through a struggle, and times are hard, and you can't get through them, I guarantee you, there's somebody else that's already been there, done that, and came through the other side. So you need to find those people, whoever they are, and connect with them, because that's, that's what a functioning body does. Hey, before you sit down, how much time do we have? Do we have till quarter till? Eleven minutes, yeah. What? Six million minutes. Okay. So I've got to tell you a story <laughs> about, it just it strikes me how young you guys are and how old we are. It's like, it's pretty depressing, <laughs> but other than that, but, so just put up with us. So, you know what I'm going to tell them? I hope that's a good story. <laughs> <laughs> so he's a little older than you. When we came, his, his kids are a little older. How old's Matt? Fifteen. Fifteen. My, my son is 42, so a little bit older. So uh, you don't know this story. This is great. So this is one reason this is Otter Creek. This I didn't even think about this until you stood up. So so my son, well, my both sets of my wife and my parents, they were like, my dads were elders in the church, you know, it's like they were like great people and all that stuff, you know, it's like they want to disappoint them. But when my son was, uh, I don't know, 13 years old, as part of rite of passage at his middle school, I guess, I might have the dates a little wrong, but he got in, he got in with some guys and sort of to get in. They were supposed to go to Target and steal something. And so uh, it was a car air freshener, you know, one of those little things you know, from, it cost a dollar or whatever. So uh, he goes to Target and he steals one and he gets caught. It's like, okay, he's shoplifting. So normally, just for you when you have kids, Target's old policy was they would call the parents, you come in, you yell at the kid, you scare him to death, and then you take him home and hope they never do it again, right? So we were out of town, and so unless they can contact the parents, they go to jail. So my son has been, is gonna go to jail. And spend, he actually spends a weekend in juvie lockup. It's like, I thought, I was gonna die. I was so embarrassed. It's like, and, my, and to this day, my parents are dead, but they never knew, never told them, any of them. And so, I'm thinking, I'm, you know, my world has just collapsed because my son's going to jail. And he was a good kid. And you know who the first person there was? Steve and Janine. They said, you know, it's not the worst thing in the world that can happen. And it's like, they were right. It's, it's, you know, he tried to, kind of the rest of the story, he had a little personal experience with it, with that. I'll let him share that if he wants to, but, but he, which one? <laughs> 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, yeah. 
he's tread that road a little more often than I have. But but the the funny part of the story was, I guess, was we tried to keep it a secret. You know, it's like, gosh, we can't let anybody find out. You get humiliated. And so my son was at Lipscomb High School, so. The next Monday morning, he goes and tells my entire student. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thanks so much for that theory. But, um, but I'll never forget that I, my world was just dead. I mean, I never thought my son would be in there. It's like, well, it happens. Mm -hmm. And so there are lots of stories. Your kids go to rehab, your kids, you know, whatever. So anyway, that's one of the things. I don't, you remember that. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. I was like, crying. It's like, what am I going to do? My life's over. Mm. And so you said, well, I know what it's like. <laughs> so thank you. That was a great moment that helped us through there. So, uh, Well, you know what? There are worse things than going to jail. That's exactly right. <laughs> it was actually one of the best things to go for. In fact, the jail for some people is a good thing. So you got to put perspective on everything. So that's what we're here to provide for you, perspective. And there, there wasn't any judgment. It's like, you know, you know, kids do stupid things. It's not your fault. Okay, I'll sit down. Not good, Jay. You got anything else to say? Or I was here from the room. I have a question for y'all. Okay. Because we're... I'm not, but you know, young, new Otter Creek, a lot of these people are new to Otter Creek. Right. So how do you get into this community? How do you, because Steve's right, you have to be intentional. Right. And so as we're coming into this, out of this COVID time where everybody's been isolated, how can we be more attuned, attuned to, be in, to, to be intentional? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I don't know, it's certainly easier with a smaller church we were much smaller back in the day. Uh, so I, I think life groups, any, if you read any church literature, it's all about for a healthy church, you need life groups, smaller groups where you connect with people. And I think that's the place to start. And then the other, uh, so if you're not in a life group, um, that's a, how many people are in a life group? A few, yeah. So that's a great place to uh, to start a connection, and then I would say after that, it's probably uh, ministry. If you get involved in a uh, certain service project, whether it's room in the inn or uh, what else, that's I was thinking of that one. I went the other night, uh, but it's a great place to connect with people. You know, the youth group. You go to camp. People at camp have deep relationships. For younger people, it's uh, I don't know, Green Street. Uh, what else? What other ministries might be? But that that's a great place, like John Lee with uh, Living Water. If you're young and want to travel, go to Africa and and build wells. Or Guatemala. Or Guatemala. Yeah, you're a Guatemala guy. So. So Brian Leeper is a doctor here. He's been here for years. He's, he told me he's going to Guatemala for 10 days. If you have a medical profession or interest in that, you know, they have dentists. They do different missions. But So that, that's really a key way to do it as well. Yeah. Yes, Jenny. Could I just um, insert a little thought? Um, I agree with what you said. 
Um, and it's in the smaller groups where we get to know each other deeper um, and, and can feel safer. But you can be in lots of small groups and lots of ministry and service and not feel that death. And often it's because we are still too afraid to be vulnerable. So, and, and, and you know, there, there are things that we don't need to share with the whole thousand people. Um, Such as? <laughs> <laughs> well, our kid going to jail or, well, you know, <laughs> my, don't, Please don't tell my wife. Or, yeah, or, to this day, she thinks we should not. I mean, there's just, there's just lots of struggles that we know, should not share with everybody because they wouldn't understand and it wouldn't be beneficial to them or to us. But if we, if we work to develop those intimate, deep relationships, that's when we have somebody that we can share with and that will go to the courthouse with us um, or will stand at the gravesite with us. Um, and and that, that is a real challenge, I think, in society today, uh, allowing ourselves to be vulnerable because we want to look like we've got it all together. Right. And none of us do. Things are going to happen to us in our life that we never, ever, ever dreamed would ever happen to us. And we have to figure out a way to walk through it and come out on the other side. So. Then flocks, flocks work into that. Right. Everyone knows they're assigned to or in a flock where you have a shepherd that if you need something or want something, that's your a point of contact for you, not that you have to use that. That's part of our structure here. Also, I guess some of you suspect many of you are not married, and we're all coming, we're all married couples. I don't think we do a great job with unmarried, you know, single people. And that's the generation, I mean, all of our generation, everybody was married by the time they were 21, right? And that just doesn't happen anymore, so. I'm not sure we do as good a job with that. Yeah. So the other question I have is, having been here for a while, like professional mentors, being a Christian person, and wanting to be very aspirational in a career, mm -hmm. finding someone, again, not necessarily the best setting for a life group, but how do you marry up <laughs> deep huh? desire to be aggressive in life, but also balancing that with a home life and... I think finding a one-on-one -on -one or a more intimate group to have those conversations has been a struggle for me, knowing there's a lot of very successful people, men and women in this church, but- What's your profession? I own my own business and help small businesses raise capital, and so it's a very interesting place to be, a very capitalistic mindset, but at the same time, wanting to walk a different life. Right, that's interesting because I've always, from a business perspective, I've always kind of labeled our creek as an entrepreneurial church, as, a, as opposed to a corporate church. And I think it attracts entrepreneurs because people like the freedom to build their own or whatever. It's not, but I, as far as connecting, I, you know, we don't have a formal way to do that. Go see Will Ed Settle. I'll introduce you. Well, I think, I think uh, if I can insert this, I can't flip a switch. 
make those things happen and don't get frustrated. But you have, as Janine said, you have to be willing to be vulnerable and put yourself out there. And I can't say that, you know, I, I'm an introvert personality and, and very private. But as time has gone on, I have learned that that's just not, you know, that's not who I really want to be. But you know, you got to be able to put yourself out there. As many people as you can talk to, you'll make, you might make it, not make a connection with somebody in this room, but somebody will hear you and get triggered and say, maybe you need to talk. David Shaw, he's been a successful businessman all these years. Just using that as an example. Well, just, just ask, be willing. Just ask. That, we don't have a formal way to do that. I think that. it's because it's so big. It's sometimes yeah. Yeah. where yeah, to yeah, send that yeah. voice yeah. into the masses that I have no issue putting out there. But with a young kid, I think sometimes those circles, yeah, yeah. you say it and can get a little disheartened mm -hmm. because it's big. And I'm actually happy to invest elsewhere. Maybe it's a, a gentle nudge. Well, that's always been kind of a, a difficult thing. It's, it seems like, I know when we first came long, long ago, it was, seemed like it was hard to break in because so many people knew each other so well. It's like, it's not that they didn't want you, it's just those existing relationships, there's so much history. So I, I think the things that involved us were just kids, you know, keep the nursery, like my wife. I don't know any of the young parents now, but she, my wife keeps little kids. It's like, well, I know that's so kids mm -hmm. That's They know more than I do, so ministry can I insert my thoughts yeah. again well you said um, well <laughs> are you no. in our stand <laughs> 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 um, I do not have a profession um, y'all probably can't relate to that what I wanted to be was a mother and a wife and that's what I've done uh, you know, I've dabbled in little things on the side. I've helped my husband with his business, but but I needed other people, um, and I needed help with my profession, which was being a homemaker. Um, because we were smaller, it was easier, but I observed people, and I would pick out women and ask them, you know, could, could I have lunch with you? Uh, because I see that you have a whole... You know, you've got four or five children, or you have a child who's adopted. Maybe you would know um, how I feel or the things I'm dealing with as an adoptive mother. And so I would just talk to them and get get some of their input. And um, a lot of a lot of the women helped me. And so, um, but like Steve said. You may have lunch with somebody or coffee with somebody, and you may think, oh, well, that was a waste of 45 minutes. <laughs> but then with others, you, you may think, oh, my goodness, what, what a wealth of information and help, and, and it, what a good connection um, it, it is. Um, you, you all would understand. They wouldn't. Renell Gall. Mm -hmm. Oh my goodness. Um, not the kind of person that you would think of as touchy-feely. She blessed my life tremendously. 
um, with advice and counsel. And just, she was just there, you know? She couldn't make it better sometimes. But she could give me a hug. Um, we could eye to eye, and I would know that she was with me. So. From my perspective, my wife and I got here in 2006, so we've been to Dr. Um, one of the things that I found that helped me tremendously is um, a couple of classes here. And that's helped me because when I was up in front of people and talking about things, uh, that forced me as an introvert to come out of my shell and start to invest more. But I'll, I'll echo what Janine said as well. You're going to definitely have times where you're like, oh, I, I need to meet with that person. I need to go talk with them. I need to go have lunch with them. And you're going to come out of that meeting with, nope. That's just not a good fit for me. And it's, I, I don't think there's going to be depth in that, that relationship. Mm -hmm. But uh, I like that you picked up the word investing. Do I need to invest here? And we're not talking finances. And I've, I've got a finance background. We can talk there. But, um, Invest your time, your energy, your interest in other people. And I found that's one of the best ways for me to connect in. And you will eventually find, I believe, those few people at first that you can start to develop a, a deeper level of friendship and mentorship and coaching and some of the things that you're looking for. And I have found that this, that Otter Creek has been a good place to find people not my age to connect with, with well. But you have to go hunting. It's not always just going to be right in front of you. Well, we better let you guys go. It's, hard. it's all hurt. You keep looking at me, but it's okay. all hurt. Um, I don't sure. know. Uh, next week, there'll be a different set of elders talking about a different topic. So please come back and. Yeah, same um, classroom, same a different classroom, teacher and topic. Different, so. Yeah. The, the elders are moving around. We get to stay. So. Thanks for doing that. Yeah. Okay, thanks, guys.